Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio, for this is like the second time in a row. You know, I missed two days James in like Muncie. eight months. <laughs> And it's like, I'm never here. Good morning. How are uh, you, JJ? In, in all, I'm great, thank you. In all candidness, I just like saying, and back yes. in the great people's studio. It's just something, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have a fake radio voice. I, well, I do have one. I don't use it on the show. And uh, I just, I, I, I cherish the opportunities to, to fake it out with my radio, with my ra- fake radio voice. That's good. We could do a whole show in our radio voices. One I day. like to impersonate NASCAR races. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Anyway. Uh, well, good morning, everyone. Whether you're listening to us on live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash Show, or on Apple Podcast, hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey to the greatest version of you. So, James, when you when you look at just obstacles in your life, because we all have obstacles, we, we always have things that get in our way. If we don't, we're not doing enough. Um, which one do you think you run into the most often for you? I think probably if time. I think time is the biggest obstacle in my life. And I'm very blessed to be able to say that because there are people with real obstacles. How is that an obstacle? Because there is so much to do. You know, you and I are both very busy people. Yep. And between work obligations, family, this crazy radio show and everything else, uh, we have <laughs> a million true. commitments. Yep. And I think that in my life, the biggest obstacle to achieving what I want to achieve is that there are simply not enough hours in the day for me to do everything that I'd like to do. Fair enough. And like I said, you know, now, and we can talk about this later in the show, when back in November, remember, I spent a week in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you, when that happened, everything else went out the window as far as obstacles. That was an obstacle. And it it was a huge obstacle. That's why I'm saying, you know, to be able to say my biggest obstacle is time. I mean, that... I mean, I'm blessed to be able to say that because I've got, we both, I'm sure, have a lot of friends with, with much larger obstacles uh, than that. Well, that's true. When we when we uh, went to social media this week and simply asked, what is the greatest obstacle you've ever had to overcome? Uh, they were deep. Yeah. I mean, they were really intense. We, in fact, we have uh, a couple people joining us later that's going to uh, expand on on some of those intense obstacles that they've ever overcome. And I, and I, you were probably either thinking it or getting ready to say it. Once you start to see other people's obstacles, you feel like you have it easy. Oh, totally. Like almost too easy. Yep. Yeah. And and in a previous show, we talked a lot about handling adversity. I, I don't I don't really want the show to go that direction. What, right. what I'd prefer people to get from today's show is literally how we perceive and observe and just see these obstacles that come into our life. Hmm. I, I don't I don't even want to get I don't even want to get to the point that we overcome it, even though I'm no, I know that's going to happen. It's Today is about how we see the obstacle. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goals. Quoted from a famous motivational poster that you may have had at your office one day. <laughs> those things are like, I didn't realize how old motivational posters are now. They're, right. uh, you know, 25, 30 years old. They, they, they even came out with a demotivational poster. I don't know if you've ever seen those or not. No. Oh, my gosh. I think it's demotivators.com. They're absolutely hilarious. And they're, they're, they make fun of the motivational posters. And unfortunately, a lot of them are correct. I've got to check those out. It's, it's depressing. They, they made a great business off of it. 
But it's true, isn't it? I mean, many of, many of you probably aren't going to agree with me on this, that anything you consider to be an obstacle is only an obstacle because you decided it to be. But what about my cancer or the abusive relationship or the horrible car accident my husband was in? So on that Facebook post Monday, for the first time in 43 weeks of research questions, someone I went to high school with said, what's your greatest obstacle, JJ? I've never, ever had anybody ask me to answer my own question, ever. Mm-hmm. It was Seth Callis, went to high school with Seth. He may be listening to, to us now. So I really appreciate him challenging me on getting me to think about what my greatest obstacle is. And um, I usually don't think about these questions when we're on the show for myself. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, we're so focused on other people here. It's, it's, it's just not something that I tend to internalize a lot. And I think I should. And when I went ahead and answered his question, my, the greatest obstacle I've had to overcome in my life was growing up with an alcoholic father. And um, it, was, it was something I had to deal with my entire life. Um, growing up, high school, I, I don't want to get into all the details, but there's yeah. quite a few stories of obstacles there. If, if anybody listening's ever had to grow up in an alcoholic household, um, it, can, it can get very intense. Now, I'm very thankful that my dad was not an abusive parent physically, uh, but it was very verbal. And um, I've had to, I've, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm doing this show, James, hmm. is, is because of all those obstacles that that placed in my life and being here for our listeners, knowing there's someone out there dealing with some of these same issues that I could somehow be a tool in their life to, to be a blessing for them, to get them to see that um, it doesn't have to be an obstacle. It really doesn't have to be an obstacle. And it has, it, it has formed who I am today on multiple levels, being a dad, uh, being here on the show, being in the career that I'm in with, with Dale Carnegie is to realize that it doesn't have to, you don't have to be defined by these things and by these obstacles. You just don't have to be defined by them. And there were, there were many moments where I just succumbed to the obstacle, I gave into the obstacle. I actually became the obstacle. Mm. I was sitting down with my mentor years ago, and he was really unpacking this for me. Sam, Sam Hayes, one of the one of the greatest men I've I've ever had the privilege to to know, and thank God he's in my life to help and help me and guide me. He just simply said, "You've worked so hard to not be your dad, you have become your dad," and it was like, "I've become the obstacle." And a lot mm-hmm. of people put that on Facebook, that their biggest obstacle is themselves. Yeah. So, so again, thank God this was about 12 years ago, and I've had to really work hard to overcome that. Um, and, and we've talked about adversity on the show before and how it's necessary to grow. It's necessary to change, to accomplish your goals. Nothing worth doing is have, or Nothing worth doing or having is easy. Nothing. But we really need to have a conversation about obstacles, specifically how we see them. An obstacle is defined as a thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders progress. Well, what if it's designed to force you to find a better path? James, am I being sensitive by saying obstacles aren't really what we think they are? Is that insensitive? I don't think it's insensitive. I don't know if I completely agree. I mean, we have obstacles in our life. We absolutely all have obstacles that we put up for ourselves, and we have obstacles that Sometimes people use as a crutch and an excuse, but sometimes Mm -hmm. 
you end up in the hospital for a week, <laughs> you know, unexpectedly. Sometimes, you know, it's something much more serious. And, and whether it's whether it's cancer, whether it's uh, de- uh, the unexpected death of a very close uh, loved one, whether it's um, a, a company that you've been working for for two or three decades and dedicated your whole career to mm-hmm. that all of a sudden goes out of business or lays you off. You know, there are a lot of obstacles we hit. And I, I think the biggest thing that we can do is respond to those obstacles appropriately. And I, and I really believe that's what today's show is about. Uh, you, you, you can't completely ignore them. And you also can't let them completely define who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, when we come back, we're going we're gonna to continue to unpack how we handle obstacles in our life. If uh, you have some advice for us and our listeners, or maybe want to share something that you've been able to uh, overcome in your life, you can call to be a part of the show, 804-454-1366. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we're here on The Great People Show talking about obstacles in your life. And I made perhaps a startling statement earlier that uh, sometimes they're not really obstacles. It's just how you Mm. perceive them. And not one size fits all in this subject, I understand. But oftentimes when we see things, we just get paralyzed by them. Like it just, it just freezes, it just freezes us up. Yep. And um, we all react, we all react differently emotionally. Sometimes we react physically to these obstacles. Um, I'm going to go through six things that we can do differently over the course of the show. How, how to see obstacles different. As long as James doesn't die in the studio. I'm okay. Um, I just need you to live for about 30 more minutes. <laughs> Forty max. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about is a mere detour to your final goal. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing that obstacles do to us. Well, well, let me finish that sentence. The biggest thing that obstacles do to us is blind us. Okay. Now I want to I want to make a statement about what I just said. That we don't look at things typically as far as what they do for us. We look at things at what they do to us. And as a coach and a manager and a parent. That's probably the number one thing you can do for people is look at them and say, this is not happening to you. This is happening for you. And I need, I need to help you see that, that we see things the wrong way. And we see obstacles, whether it be as something as tragic as someone dies in our life or something happens to us with cancer, that we can easily, in fact, we're almost supposed to see that as something that happens to us. All right. So, so break that down a little more. Explain, explain to me the difference. So when something happens, well, both of these are internal reactions. Okay. okay. It's, uh, it's, it's how they, it's, it's how they go down in front of us and then we internalize it. If, uh, let's say for instance, uh, the, our, our listeners right there or out there right now, if you have a job and you're working for a company and it's not your company, if they came to you today and said, we're selling the company, mm-hmm. the vast majority of the people in that room, including you probably, will say, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yes. Your mind is going to believe that everyone's going to lose their job, including you. You're, something's bad's going to happen. You're going to lose some benefits. Uh, you're going to have to relocate, which means you probably won't, which means you'll probably lose your job, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you, your, your mind will go into the lowest common denominator of pain mm-hmm. because your brain is designed to do that. It's that protectionism. It's that 
survivalism that goes on. A very small fraction will say, oh, there could be some really big opportunities with this. Maybe my boss will get fired and then I get his job. <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe they'll put some res- they'll, maybe they'll finally put some resources into this place and I'll be able to do what I've always wanted to be done. So the first scenario is something that's happened to you. The second scenario is something that's happened for you. Hmm. And and we can always find evidence that things are happening to us. Yep. Especially if it's not within our control. If it's if it's out of our control, completely out of our control, then we easily go into these this is happening to me and not for me modality. And we know through uh, psychology, through everything out there, that if you um, if you put something into motion in your mind that this is this is for you, you have a greater chance of something being for you. Period. If you start to say, in fact, I think I may have had a quote. Well, I, I'm not going to find it fast enough. But mm-hmm. if we if if we decide something's going to be bad, if we decide something's going to be an obstacle, you're guaranteed that it's going to be. You're absolutely guaranteed it's going to be. So it's it, back back to this whole point is a mere de- this is a mere de- detour to your final goal. So if you look at it as a, as a complete barrier, a complete obstacle, then you're going to think, I'm not going to get what I want to get. This, this is, this, my life is not going to turn out the way that I want it to turn out. Uh, we're going to hear from one of our callers later where she lost her husband. And you can imagine, you can absolutely imagine. And when I say, well, he died, he passed away. And you can imagine how that completely changes everything in your life. And you feel like everything that was supposed to happen is never going to happen. But that's yeah. not the way it is, folks. That's just not the way it is. It is a mere detour to where you're supposed to be and what your final goal is. What do you think? I agree. I think that, uh, you know, boy, losing your spouse, it that should not define... I've never been there. I can't right, possibly pretend to empathize with that. But I would, I, I've said to my wife before, you know, we talk about this from time to time, and I say, you know, God forbid something happened to me. You can't let that define right. the rest of your life. Right. You have got to. You have got to move on, live on, and and you know, and it's a it's a morbid conversation. But I want I want her to know that I would never want her to spend the rest of her life mourning or or using that as, like I said, to define her future. And and um, maybe it could define her life, but not in the way that it'll probably naturally define. Mm-hmm. Right. The natural definition is living in sorrow and not being able to do things. Blah blah blah. Yep. The, the new definition, right? It's it's the detour. Oh. So this isn't, there, there's just a new path here for me. Exactly. Uh, and, I, and I have to look at it that way. Exactly. I mean, some of the best things that have ever happened to me have happened because of, at the time, seemingly disastrous oh, sure. obstacles. Uh, you know, the biggest one that comes to mind, JJ's, is the recession. Oh, yeah. You know, so I was, I was working in mergers and acquisitions. The recession happened. That whole industry, like so many others, just dried mm-hmm. up. Long story short, ended up uh, starting doing a startup of all things that uh, that that took me for about three years all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for life experiences that I will never never forget. And you never would have done that on your own no. if it weren't to be the recession. You would Absolutely have just kept not. doing what you're doing. Absolutely, because it was okay. And we went through. Don't get me wrong. We went through some extremely. We went through about one year that you know for we were trying to figure out a time so how we're going to pay our next mortgage payment, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but I tell you what, it, it led to some experiences that, that I'll keep with me the rest of my life and, and led to where things are now. 
I've I collected a lot of quotes for today's show. Here's the first one. There is good in everything if only we look for it from Laura Wilder. Mm. This actually takes us into the second point. So the first point is that uh, the way we see obstacles, we should see them as, as a mere detour to your final goal. The second is it transforms the plan, not the outcome. Yeah. And, and we've already, I mean, these two are very mixed in together. Um, the biggest challenge I see with people is most people don't even have an existing plan when the obstacle comes. Right. So you you have nothing to rely on other than your emotions. And that's the absolute worst time to rely on your emotions is in the the pit of despair. When that obstacle is staring you in the eye, that's the last time you should really, or the, the, the worst time that you should be really depending on those emotions because you're, um, uh, you're irrational. I mean, you're, yes. you're, 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 you don't have a clear mind at that point. So... Um, I mean, I'm a huge advocator of, of planning. I've never been much of a planner naturally. I have to work really hard at it. We could spend a whole show just me talking about my system, which is a hodgepodge of so many things. <laughs> but it's a part of having that life plan too. Yeah. And if your plan is non-existent, then this one doesn't even apply to you because you don't even have an, an old plan that this transforms. You have to have a plan that this transforms so that you can start quickly looking at it, the new plan. Because I've, you know, I've lost a parent. I've lost grandparents. I've, um, I saw a list of the 100 most stressful things that you can ever go through. Number one is loss of a child. Number two is loss of a spouse. And number three is loss of a parent. Hmm. And I don't remember the other 97, but <laughs> those, those alone are, are, are very powerful. Yeah. So um, when, these, when these things happen, you have a major opportunity to really recalibrate yourself and say, okay, can't control this. I can control the outcome of this though. I can yep. control how this affects me. And um, we have to keep our eyes focused on what that outcome needs to be. And we know we're going to get through it. Anything that you've been through that has caused you stress, has caused you turmoil, has caused just what you feel is almost the destruction of you. I mean, maybe you've been in a, a position in your life where you've almost died from something. We're going to hear from a caller later where he's been told consecutively that he's supposed to die from, from cancer. And he hasn't, right? That at some point you say, screw that. I'm not succumbing to that. That's not the plan that I'm going to accept. So what do you do? Exactly. And, and, that, and you know, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody's idea of obstacles is, is very different. You know, you may, the biggest obstacle in your life, you know, may be that you're having trouble with your car or, or your biggest obst obstacle or, or the biggest obstacle in your life may be that you're confronted with, with a potentially terminal illness. Yeah. And it's all relative. Yeah. And, you know, our, our perspective is generally based off of the worst obstacle that we're facing at any given time. And great point, you know, great point. We should just end the show on that note, James. I mean, that just defined the whole show. Well, it's just being aware. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really change anything. It's just something that it's tough to be aware of, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's one thing. And, you know, you saw it that day that you spent with me, I mean, in, in the, uh, in the fire department, you know, my gosh, we're exposed to people every day with yeah. obstacles that, generally speaking, make, make ours look like nothing. Yeah. And it helps with perspective. And so what, what role does perspective play in, in obstacles? I mean, does, can that help us? And you also see the side of society where you, 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 I know you wonder, you go, really, you called 911 over this? This, this, this is an obstacle for you today? Seriously? Yeah. But to them, to them in the moment it was, James, you know, that's tough to, and that's tough for us to deal with with other people. But we have those people in our life. Yes. All the time. We do. We have, yeah, you, I mean, you've met people that break down over seemingly nothing. <laughs> 
And uh, can I, 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 I'm hoping one day my son listens to the show and, and he, he laughs at me and says, I can't believe you talked about me when I was eight years old <laughs> on the radio. But this morning he woke up crying because yesterday afternoon we were playing soccer in the snow. He woke up crying because he knew he wasn't going to get to play soccer in the snow anymore because it's getting warm outside now. To him in that moment this morning, that was the biggest obstacle in little Ike's life. Wow. And it was all I can do to say, boy, yeah. <laughs> pull out the dad card. But I just, I, I had to sympathize with him, right? Sure. I, I mean, because he's my son, he's eight. I I wish I had a life where the only thing I had to worry about was playing with, with a soccer ball in the snow. But one time you did. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess. But perspective is absolutely everything. We're talking about, we're, today we're not talking about overcoming obstacles. I don't want to talk about overcoming obstacles. I want to talk how we perceive the obstacle. Because I think if we look at it differently, especially when we train ourselves to look at these things differently, early in the process, we won't have to work so hard for the rest of our life trying to overcome obstacles. Uh, we've got three more bullets to go through in our process on how to see them differently. We've got a couple callers coming in. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 804-454-1366. Because we want to we want to hear stories of how people have looked at their obstacles differently. And if you look at them differently, the outcomes will change. So don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. Welcome back to the Great People Show, everyone. Today we're talking about overcoming obstacles, and not we're not talking about overcoming obstacles. I thought we were talking about it. that. Gosh, AJ. And we're on live radio. I can't rewind, guys. We're talking about how we see obstacles, and that can make overcoming the obstacles a little easier to manage. And we have on the phone with us a good friend and a guy that's going to talk about some obstacles, Bill Mitchell. Bill, welcome to the Great People Show. Hey, Bill. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Great to hear your voice, JJ. Same here. So, um, uh, Bill, tell us about probably the greatest obstacle that you've had to overcome in your life in this thing called cancer. Uh, well, it, it came completely unexpected. I was just going for a checkup that I had to have to compete in a triathlon. Mm-hmm. And they had done some blood work in advance, and they found out that I had cancer. It was just a complete surprise and a shock. I can remember like it was yesterday when uh, the Dr. Aziz looked at me, and she said, uh, you need to sit down. And I said, I'm in a hurry. I've got to go. She said, this is serious. <laughs> wow. And I said, I've got a flight to catch at 1 o'clock. She looked at me and said, not anymore. You don't. You've got an appointment with a specialist today. Wow. And uh, my whole world changed that day. Uh, in a lot of ways, and and I'm now I see it as a gift. Uh, and why is that? So why do you see it as a gift? Uh, I have probably lived more and gotten, and I had a charm life. Don't misunderstand. I had, I didn't have a bucket list. You know, when I found out about it, I didn't need to make a bucket list. I'd already done just about everything anybody could want to do. I traveled mm-hmm. the world and seen and done. But I get up and get more out of every day of my life. Uh, when you're told that you've got go home, get your house and your affairs in order. You've got six months to live. It changes everything. So, and so you had six months to live according to the doctor, but how many, how many years ago was that? That's been, that was on uh, May, that would have been about May the 10th of 2007. Wow. So 11 years ago, you had six months to live. Right. right. Sounds like and you I still have the cancer. Okay. 
And um, how long did it take you to see that obstacle differently? I, I, I presume it wasn't in the, the doctor's office that you thought it was a gift when you first found no, it. No, 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 it wasn't. I mean, it was like anybody else, the big C word, you know, it's, yeah. oh my gosh, you know. And my, I, I had the good fortune, though, however, of having a father who raised me. I'm a man of faith, and mm-hmm. so I woke up every morning watching him, you know, read his Bible. And so I was raised with uh, a lot of good, solid principles and foundations. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that he had taught me is every obstacle can become an opportunity and that what happens to us does not define us, but how we react to it. Mm -hmm. And he had drilled those mantras into my life. And so I think that helped, but it took a while for me to kind of come to grips with it. Of course, you know, initially you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I do? What is the treatment going to look like? And and it just becomes this whirlwind of doctor's appointments and tests and all of those kinds of things. And so uh, it's, when you finally get alone in the quiet stillness and the reality sets in, uh, one of the things that I had learned from my dad that I think helped me uh, see this as an opportunity instead of an obstacle early on was he said, never take anything that is not within your control personal when it happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I dealt with a lot of people. And I think that's one of the mistakes that we make is when obstacles come in our life, we take it personal. Sure. Um, You know, like why me, you know, and it's that me, me. And I think that's one of the things that helped me in the early days was, that and I, I thought I was doing pretty good. And one day my wife looked at me after it had been a couple of years. And you know, when you're told you've only got a short time to live, you don't buy green bananas and you don't take post dated checks, right? <laughs> oh you my know? And so good point. My 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 wife told me she said one day, and I I was she's talking about having me buy something, and I had gotten in a habit of kind of joking to deal with the reality of my illness. And I said something like, "Well, I won't even live long enough to enjoy." enjoy that or something of that nature. And she looked at me very with tears in her eyes. And she said, when are you going to stop living like you're dying? Wow. And start living like you're going to live again. Wow. What'd that do to you? Oh, it was a wake up call. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was a difficult process because I had, I mean, I'd gone through, I got rid of everything, gave everything away. And by the way, if you ever think you're dying and give all your stuff away and then you live, don't expect to get it back. But <laughs> I had given all my stuff away and I had made, gone through that whole process. And, and I, you know, I have one pair of brown shoes to this day and I have one pair of black shoes and I have a pair of running shoes and a pair of hiking shoes and that's it. And when my running shoes wear out, I get rid of them, get a new pair. And yeah. I, it's, I gave because you just, and it's not because I like a minimalist lifestyle. It's just you go through that. Why accumulate things? Nobody's going to want them when I die anyway. And so it was a major shift for me to begin to really look at this as an opportunity. I've been given an opportunity to come face to face. That is something that's reality for all of us. And that is that nobody gets out of this world alive. And the difference between those of us who've been diagnosed terminal and come to grips with that is it can, if we'll allow it, it'll cause us to appreciate and savor every single moment. And that's why I say it's a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got to witness the birth of six, soon to be seven grandchildren. Wow. Um, I've had the pleasure of watching uh, my kids graduate from high school that I didn't get, think I'd get a chance to see. I've had the pleasure of watching them get married. I didn't think I'd mm. get, have that opportunity to walk them down the aisle. So all of those things that 
I really didn't think I'd see, I've been able to see, and I think I've savored those a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think about the obstacle, and I don't know if this is true for everybody, is I don't wake up every morning and say, oh, man, I've got cancer. I wake up every morning and say, thank God I'm alive. Yeah. And I get up and I go for my run and I, you know, I mean, I have things that I do every day to fight the cancer and, mm-hmm. but, uh, to battle it, but I don't, I refuse. I just absolutely refuse to take it personal and say, why me? And I, I, I don't know how much time you want me to take, but I, let me tell you a real quick story. I was in the hospital, uh, having my treatments, getting treatments done. And, you know, you're in and out and everything. And so I was actually out in California to place and, I was waiting on my doctor appointment and the room is completely full of people with cancer. And I look around and at that time, almost everyone in the room was old enough to be my parent. Wow. And there was no, I, I'm sitting and I happened to be sitting in a little play area for children because there was just no room. And I'm sitting in a little chair, you know, with a little table where there's toys and blocks and the elevator opened into the room and a lady stepped off and she was a beautiful woman, looked like she walked off the cover of a magazine. And in her hand was the hand of her four-year-old daughter who had a bandana around her head. Her eyes were sunken and dark. And the mother walked over to me and she said, sir, can my daughter play with you while I go meet with the doctor real quick? Mm. (laughs) And so the little girl sat out and I played blocks with her and everything. And she, uh, she said, you know, my doctor said, mommy said, if the doctor said my numbers are good, I can have ice cream today. Mm. And so I sat there and talked with a little girl and she was so positive and upbeat. And the mom walked out and the girl looked up at her mom and her mom just kind of shook her head. And the little girl said, no ice cream. And the mom said, no. She said, that's okay. Maybe next time. And jumped up and said, bye, mister. And walked away. And I asked God to forgive me. I said, God, forgive me. Because just as I was looking around that room, everybody's old enough to be my parent. I was getting ready to say, why me? Mm -hmm. And that's when the elevator door opened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've just learned in life that, especially over the last 11 or so years, that, uh, you know, it's not what happens to us. It really is. Yeah. Bill, thank it's you. What we do. Thank you so much for being on the show. What a what a powerful story. Not just your story, but the story of that little girl that you shared with us. Because I think we get so sucked in to our own life that we forget that there's people around us that are fighting a battle ten times greater than us. And th- and thank God for all the decades you've had of life, because that little girl probably won't have that. And, um, and I want to thank you for coming on the show and, and, and opening yourself up and uh, being such a huge blessing to the rest of our group. No, thank you. Thanks, thank you Bill. so much for having me. Thank you. You take care. Enjoy Be your safe, day. Talk friend. to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. That was one of the best calls we've ever had. Oh, my gosh. That's, um, I, mean, that's, that, I mean, that starts to really, that's what life is all about right there, yeah. is, is getting so far outside of yourself. And, and it took him getting cancer on his knees, literally, probably with that little girl, to value every moment in his life. Mm-hmm. I, I, wish, I wish we don't have to go through that. I, 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 I pray that no one has to go through that. But what a, what a major blessing it is to see life that way that the, the rest of us will never see life that way. Yeah, and <sighs> to just try to put yourself in that, uh, in that position yeah. and think about how, 
how I would have dealt with it, how you would have dealt with it, et cetera. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, take some more callers. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. We've talked to Asher. He's going to let us go two hours on the air this morning. That's good. Because of the response to the show. Thanks, Asher. We appreciate you. Uh, we have on the phone with us a good friend of the show, Mary Beth. Mary Beth, welcome to the sh- welcome to the program. Thank you, JJ. So today we're talking about obstacles, and uh, you had commented on our Facebook post about the uh, loss of your husband was was a major obstacle. Um, tell us how you reacted and saw that in your life at the moment, and and how that's changed over time for you. Well. Um, first off, I, um, it's very humbling to reveal, you know, this very personal part yeah, of myself. Thank you. Um, and, and how I dealt with that, you know, I'd like to say that it was with grace and dignity, but you know, seriously, that's a lie. Okay. Um, it was with, uh, you know, paralyzing fear, uh, confusion, denial, anger, mm. sadness, mm-hmm. um, and Jake, my heart. I've explained, I've tried to explain it to other people. Your heart hurts. It's like a physical pain Mm -hmm. in your heart when you go through something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really never had that experience since then, and I never had it before that either. Um, Anyway, so my, and my heart was also really breaking for my son, who was a junior in high school at that time. So it was just very, um, and he was filled with rage and anger, and he was really mad at God, and that was just really breaking my heart. Um, but I had a little time to reflect on this since our conversation yesterday afternoon. And so I did have two things that I felt helped me get Yeah, share those with us. Mm-hmm. Or through this, but I, I don't want to monopolize the conversation here, so I don't know if you have additional questions or if you just want oh, me to go in. Yeah, tell us, tell us about that. Okay, well, you know, of course you have family, you have friends, and people envelop you in their love and support and and in that confusion, confusing state. But I had a friend who um, brought a book to me, and that book is called A Time to Grieve. Mm-hmm. And JJ, it's, it's a daily meditation, on, a book on, on healing through grief. Mm. And, you know, at first I thought, oh, whatever, I don't, you know, I couldn't even hardly focus on <laughs> right, reading. Right, and it, and it really, I think it was like 365 days worth of readings, and it took me longer than that to get through it, but it really, the days that I would be inspired to pick it up and read a page, it was really following my personal grief process. Yeah. And, and there, it, would, it just really helped me through that. And the second thing that I did um, early on and that I've continued today is one month, on the one-month anniversary of James's death, I started journaling. Mm-hmm. And I was writing to him. And, and it, I was just writing about our day, you know, what my son and I did or, you know, about work. I was writing about my grief, you know, wrote about our love. Um, you know, and how I it just, I feel as though it helped me have a continued connection with him. And, and do you feel like that, um, um, that journaling also helped you to reframe the actual obstacle that you were in, that it really wasn't something that you should keep inside of you? You should just kind of let that out. And that helped you realize that, hey, I can move on with my life. 
Yes, it, yeah. it really became it became a lifeline with him, but then it also became an opportunity for me to see what was going on inside of me, and then put that down in words yeah. and 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 let it out instead of keeping everything pent up. I was letting it out. Now I, maybe it was between me and my higher power. Yeah, but but at least I was not keeping things stuffed inside of me. So Mary Beth, one thing I, I'd, I'd appreciate you sharing with our audience was the story you told me about how you kept the activities with your son going that your your husband did on the golfing. And I think that's a powerful example of how we can see obstacles and especially the, the people around us that are also part of those obstacles. Yes. Um, you know, as I shared with you, you know, all those firsts that you go through when you've experienced a death like that, you know, uh, you know, almost like driving into the driveway the next day and knowing they're not going to be there. You know, so you have to face it every day. But Father's Day was quickly approaching, and it was like, oh, my gosh, oh, you know, it's, Zach's going to, you know, my son's name is Zach. And I thought it's going to be a terrible experience for him going through his first Father's Day without his dad. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait a minute. I lost my dad, you know, so my father was also deceased. And so what we did is we decided to make, or I did, and hopefully, you know, gratefully he went along with me, but we decided to celebrate our dads on Father's Day versus being really sad about it. And my husband was a big golfer and, and my dad was a big golfer. So my son and I started a tradition of playing golf. Not that I'm a great golfer, (laughs) but... (laughs) But it was such fun, and it was joyful, yeah. and it was a celebration that's awesome. instead of a day of sadness. When so I think, I think was, that's, I, I think we heard that with our previous caller, Bill, and you're saying the same thing that if you can turn these obstacles actually into a celebration of life, it completely transforms the way that we see the obstacle. Um, Mary Beth, thank you so much for joining the show. What what a great inspiration this has been to to our audience. Um, thank you, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. You know what? Uh, one thing I picked up from from what Mary Beth was saying is that, <clears throat> and, and Bill said this too, that the obstacle can be very selfish. Mm-hmm. And we have to find a way to get the obstacle out of us. Yeah. Um, with Bill, it was his wife. Quit feeling so sorry for yourself. Start living instead of start feeling like you're always going to die. With Mary Beth, it's like, this isn't about me. This is more about my son and, and, and I can move on from this. You know, the journaling, the, spent, the celebrating things rather than mourning things. Uh, I think that's probably the, the hardest part of it too, is to get it out of ourselves. Oh, I, I we love it in ourselves. Absolutely. And sometimes even, and I'm not saying in either of the, these two callers today, I'm just more in general. Sometimes it, it, people sort of like, being able to wallow in oh, yeah. in these obstacles, yep. you know, it's 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 like a guilty pleasure almost. I don't know how to describe it. You know, I think I think we've all been there. I think I think the fourth bullet on our list of how to see obstacles explains that is don't be a victim. Uh, yes, don't yep. blame others because you can easily say, "Woe is me! This is happening to me. Uh, why me?" Mm-hmm. I think Bill, to quote Bill, he said, "Me, me, me." Right? Yep. Um, and the opportunity here that everyone has with an obstacle is to say, how, how, do, I, how do I manipulate the obstacle? How, how do I turn it around? I, um, I picked up a couple quotes. One is, the obstacle is the path, Zen mm-hmm. proverb. <laughs> um, but Marcus Aurelius, what stands in the way becomes the way. Like if you think of Bill with his cancer or Mary Beth with her husband passing away, that is the way. You, you can't run from it. That is the way. I have to jump on its back and ride it in the direction it's going, and then I have to ditch it. Right, right. 
Uh, we have time for one more quick caller. We have uh, Will on the line. Will, welcome back to the Great People Show. Hey, good morning, Jay. Hey, buddy, how are you? How's it doing? Good. good. What's man? up? Very good. Hey, I uh, just really enjoyed the first couple of callers uh, and thought I'd call and chime in on this one. Do it. Um, sure. So lost, uh, lost my mother, lost a job, and lost a girlfriend all in, all in 12 months. And how did, how did you see all those obstacles? How did you turn that around? You know, man, it was funny. I didn't actually answer your question initially because I, I just don't view life that way. For me, it's more um, just that perspective. Like, to me, I just look at, you know, life is not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be lived. What a great point. Um, and those things were certainly tough at the time. Uh, but I, I really, you know, what Bill said really resonated with me in terms of seeing, um, you know, the big challenge he faced is, is really a gift. Um, mm-hmm. and, and all those things for me, just seeing... You know, again, I think it really, it's up to the person, but you have to really develop a different question set. You've been saying a lot on the show, like, why me? But, you know, who, 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 what, mm-hmm. you know, what was me, that stuff. You know, instead of that, I mean, why not me, you know? Um, wow, great point. Just looking at it differently and saying, all right, you know, I, I don't ask those questions anymore. Anytime things happen, you know, just recognizing that all I have comes from him and it's all for him. So, um, you know, both the good and the bad, mm. and, uh, right out, right out of the book of Philippians, or anybody wants to go dig in there some more, but, you know, instead now when things happen, I just really look at, uh, you know, like the question I ask typically is, what are you up to here, God? Like, what are you trying to teach yeah. me and what can I learn from this and how can I grow? And, and, and I uh, think another part of that question, which is just a way to, way to reword what you just said is what am I not seeing that I should see? Where, yeah. where, 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 what am I missing in this? Because if you just get so self-centered and wrapped up in your emotions, uh, in a negative way, you're you're probably missing a ton, a ton. Wholeheartedly agree. Well, thanks so much for calling us, brother. It's always good to hear from you. What what great Likewise, words? You're you're quotable, man. We're gonna have to take like three of those and quote them on the internet. That's awesome. I <laughs> feel feel free. Thanks. Good job, brother. Appreciate your time. Enjoy your have day. A great day. Thanks. So we have two more two more bullets left on this whole point. Yep. Um, and these aren't in any particular order. I'll, I'll review them because we've been talking about this for almost an hour. How you should see obstacles, a mere detour to your final goal. Right. Number two, it transforms the plan, not the outcome. Number three, focus on what you can control. We heard a lot of that from Bill. Number four, don't be a victim. Don't blame others. The fifth one is step back. And and actually, we just heard that from Will. It's like his immediate step back clause is, okay, what, what am I supposed to get from this? Not why is it, why is it hurting me? What am I supposed to get from this? Yeah, and... Absolutely. And I think the other thing that step back can mean is try not to have an emotional response. Step back, Mm -hmm. take a minute, take a deep breath. Um, You know, it's kind of like in life when there's something really angry about and we go and we write that angry email. Write it out. Don't click send. James, it feels so good. It feels good to write it. (laughs) Write it. Leave it for an hour. Come back an hour later, and if you still want to send that email, then click send. But I guarantee you 99% of the time, you won't click send. Mm-hmm. So is there an element of this, whether it be the bills of the world, the Mary Beths of the world, the wills of the world, that we can't forget these things because we do have to revisit it mm-hmm. and say, oh, I can't believe I was so upset and so wound up. I can understand why I was, but I don't really remember that person anymore. Because I think some people try to bury it, but they really don't. Sure. They, they don't ever address the real emotions that we had towards something, and then they end up coming out on something else. So whether so, you might have felt like you overcame an obstacle at one point, but what really happened was you just delayed it. Absolutely. 
And it's like, I mean, Bill, you know, talking about when he was in that doctor office and, and, you know, was sat down and, and was told this for the first time. And, you know, now, I mean, I mean, that all seems that's a distant memory and his emotions of that day were completely different to yep. what he felt just a couple weeks later. Yep. It takes time. It does. And, and we heard this with, with Mary Beth, you have to let the other people around you support you through that. We heard mm-hmm. it with Bill with his wife. Yep. Oftentimes these obstacles, we feel like we can do it all on our own. We can overcome it all by ourselves, And that's, that's definitely not true. Um, something else that, that I, I jotted down whenever I was prepping for the show um, was, a, was a quote from BC Forbes. History has demonstrated that the most notable winners usually encountered heartbreaking obstacles before they triumph. They won because they refused to become discouraged by their defeats. So I'm going to encourage our audience, obstacles only have power over us if we leave them in the dark, unexamined and unchallenged. By bringing them into the light, giving them a name and facing them, they lose the power to control us. Quote from Marquita Herald, folks, don't let these obstacles control you. You control them. I remember weightlifting Years ago, my coach told me, he said, either you move that weight or that weight moves you. Amen. Which with 30 seconds left takes us to our last bullet. Keep moving. Go on the offensive. Keep moving, folks. Don't let it get you down. Outrun it. Outpace it. That's what life is all about. That's right. James, thanks for being here this morning. Hey, thanks for being here Listeners, thank you for being a part of our show. Tune us back in next week. 97.7 FM, Apple Podcasts. We are your guides to greatness. Thanks, folks. See ya. Oh, I want something just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superhero, some fairy tale place.